Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is, as always, brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Now, this week in our Explore Vernon series, we are doing goat yoga, Christine. Goat yoga? Goat yoga. I yoga with puppy goats. yoga. Puppy yoga was good. My daughter Sophie did puppy yoga. Oh, and she sent I pictures of the puppies. Well, I don't think anybody does. And we didn't do a whole lot of yoga with the goats. But the best part is is it took place at the historic O'Keefe Ranch. Um, and we're also exploring the Mackey Lake House. These are some historical sites. And they're absolutely gorgeous. No, let's go back to the goat yoga. <laughs> so do they have little hooves that dig into your back? Yes, we had a new batch of goats. They hadn't been fully acclimatized to yogis. So they were they're just eating leaves that we were feeding. They weren't sort of climbing all over us, which mm-hmm. which some goats do. Oh, I think that would be yoga. so cute. It, it would was be like, cute. You know, I bring your kids to goat yoga. Well, you can also watch all our Vernon videos um, on our watchy, on our website, watchysaidtalk.com, and also there on our Facebook post, but you can yeah. get to them easily on there. Well, I'm really excited about this next guest mm-hmm. because uh, her name is Erica Nielsen. She's a Canadian cellist and a writer based in Toronto. She just released a memoir called Sound Mind, My Bipolar Journey from Chaos to Composure. And I know that sounds sort of formula, but this story is really quite amazing. The book takes us through her diagnosis of bipolar disorder at the age of 27 after her wedding um, and reminds us that it's not only possible to function with a mental illness, but it is possible to thrive and excel. And I think for anybody who knows anybody or has any condition, this segment will be really inspiring. Lifestyle expert Alina Almeida is going to inspire us about what's new in family travel news. And we'll also have the latest movie and TV reviews with Anne Brody. The Lion King is out this weekend. And it's Timon. Everyone's pronouncing it like the other guy, Timon. Never mind. It's Timon. Well, it's not uncommon to hear about Canadian entrepreneurs leaving secure full-time jobs to pursue their passions because we have a ton of them in this country. But how many... Typically transition from one male-dominated industry into another. Well, Marcella Gear made the leap from a career in finance to start up her passion project in food service. And she's going to tell us how a mashup of experience can be fertile ground for women in self-made careers. And don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk and connect with us on our website again. That's whatshesaidtalk.com. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great show. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a... a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. What she said She's powerful 
wonderful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. This week in our Explore Vernon series, we take you to the historic O'Keefe Ranch for a little goat yoga and a tour of the Mackey Lake House. Don't forget you can watch all of our Vernon segments on whatshesaidtalk.com right now. So let's head west to the historic O'Keefe Ranch. So, Tim Gibson, we've just finished goat yoga, which was a lot of fun at the historic O'Keefe Ranch. Tell us all about it. Well, it's a historic site, and we have um, lots of things going on all throughout the summer. Uh, We have goat yoga, which is very, very popular, Um, but we also have mansion tours. Uh, We have special events throughout the year. In addition to mansion tours and seeing all the different historic buildings we have, we have carriage rides, pony rides, and all those other kinds of things going on for families to come out and check out. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Now, tell us about the actual mansion, the, the, the whole history behind it. Well, it was founded by uh, Mr. O'Keefe back in 1867, so we're actually three weeks older than Canada, believe it or not. because were here before Confederation? We were here before Confederation by about two weeks or so, because it was founded <laughs> in June, and of course Canada was founded in July 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have the mansion, which is, it dates back to where the O'Keefe's lived for 91 years, give or take. Um, we have a church on site, which is um, original building. Um, we try to keep that up. We have a general store here which sells candy because this site was actually the original uh, end of the line for the carriage rides and the original post office in the Okanagan Valley. So who were the O'Keefe's? They were ranchers, uh, cattle ranchers during the gold rush. Um, so instead of having cattle brought up from Oregon all the way up north, they decided to settle here and it was all about ranching cattle and they just expanded out that. What do you love best about being here every day? Just, it's just a neat place to be. I, I don't know how to put that into words. It's just something about it that everybody who works here just, just loves it. It's the character. It's that we're, we're here to preserve a site. We're here to tell the story. We, we, we consider ourselves a living museum, and we're here to share the story of the O'Keeffe's and the people who were here around that time. Sharon Gardner is a fountain of knowledge, the perfect person to take you back in time, and she has the music to go with it. It was built between 1885 and 1886, and Cornelius, with his second wife, moved in here with five children, and Cornelius had three amazing wives. All were the right wife at that, the perfect time. Cornelius came from Upper Canada, <laughs> English-dominated society. He was Irish Catholic, from a poor but hard-working farming family. But he was a child, even at around 10 or 11, when he had to quit school at the end of grade three, he had a big dream. And he had great determination. And he looked around and seen what he perceived as great wealth amongst the English. Now we know that wasn't true, but in his little boy eyes. And his descendants tell us the story that came down through the ages, that he said back then, one day, I will have a fancy home like the English. (laughs) And through hard work and determination, never giving in, never giving up, always having plan B, seeing possibilities when most people saw problems, he eventually achieved that goal and became a very well-to-do rancher. There's a saying, he was always doing things he couldn't do because he just went ahead and did them. And that was Cornelius. And his youngest son, the last O'Keefe that lived your tyranny, was very much like that also. He was kind of a Renaissance man. And so we just want to know, we want people to know how significant that band of men that were here in 1867 
It has totally transformed this area in 150 short years from bare uncharted territory, the last frontier, to what we have now, a totally modern <laughs> society. Now you'll either bless them or curse them, depending on your, your vision. But now we have the big highway, the big airport, high-tech industry. That band of men with the inspirational leadership of Cornelius O'Keefe and the hard work of his partner, Thomas Greenhow, they're what started it all along with those other men. You can go online to O'KeefeRanch.ca for more information. <laughs> and then I have to, of course, whoops, go over here and say, uh, good afternoon, Mackie Lake House, Christine speaking. Our next stop is the Mackie Lake House, where we meet Christine Kashuba. Well, the house itself was built in 1910. It was built by the Buchanan family who came from Montreal. And then the, they lived here for 15 years. The second family were the Leighton family who came from England. They also lived here for 15 years. And then the Mackey family bought it and they lived here almost 60 years. So that's why it's called the Mackey Lake House. A tragic story for that family. Yeah, they had lots of loss. So Patty was the remaining son of the family from a very young age, um, from his early 20s. And so as he aged, he was really concerned about what was going to happen to the house. He had never married and never had kids and so um, was very community-minded and um, actually formed a non-profit um, and worked with the first boards and gave the first tours of the house. And so now the house can be open to the, to the public. They can come and visit by appointment or come to one of our many events. Well, we just had one of your afternoon teas, and that's certainly uh, delicious. Yeah. Is that something that you do for groups? Uh, yes. Anytime there's a group of six or more people, uh, they can call me and we can arrange for a tea, if we have time to fit it in our schedule, because we do have a lot going on here. So tell us about some of the things, that because you, you have concerts, you have all kinds of events. We do. So we have every Tuesday um, in the summer, so July and August, we have tours that happen. And so people can come for that. On Thursdays at 10 in the morning and 2 in the afternoon, we have teas. So it's like a... Um, a fancy tea with the sandwiches and the scones and the desserts and so um, people need to get their tickets ahead of time through Ticket Seller uh, for any of our events so no matter what they're doing and then in the summertime we have uh, music at Mackey so we have outdoor concerts because we have such fabulous grounds and people can come bring their picnic supper sit on the grounds listen to great music and just enjoy the ambience of being on the grounds looking over Cal Lake. Well, the house itself is very special and so such a gorgeous, gorgeous traditional English house, I would say. What strikes you, you've been here seven years, uh, most about the house? I love that it's got, contains a family collection. So it's like um, any of our houses where we have things that are old, really old, and things that are quite modern, and everything in between. And I like to think of it as a living museum. So people can come in and kind of sense and experience more of what the house is like, or what it was like to live in the time when the house was built, which was 1910. Well, I noticed that you don't have, you know, there's no velvet ropes blocking people from going through. No, there isn't. There aren't. Because we want people to actually experience what it was like to live in a house like this and to get a, a sense for really the the timelessness of the house. So it's arts and crafts style architecture, which has kind of got a real attention to detail and um, kind of lends itself to people coming and actually having a really good look at what the craftsmanship in the house is. Well, we, we talked a little bit about the fact the family had a tragic history, but, but take us through what happened in the war. Um, so um, 
Paddy lost two brothers in the war. Um, he had a brother that was in training in Trenton, Ontario, and his plane crashed and he was killed. And um, a couple of months later, his brother John, who was over near Egypt, was shot down. He was a fighter pilot. And so both of his brothers died within a couple of months of each other. And that left Paddy as the remaining son of the family at a very young age. Um, Paddy went into the Navy. He didn't go into the Air Force. And it's interesting because his commanding officer was Jack Kidston. So you turned off Kidston Road to come in here. And so Jack Kidston was his commanding officer. So kind of an interesting, um, you know, thing to note. Now, another thing that I noted is Winston Churchill's secretary lived here. Yes. And so um, the second family that lived here were the Layton family. And Elizabeth Layton, who her married name was Nell, um, went over to England and had uh, trained with tech secretarial school and then uh, came back to Canada. And then the war was on. So she went back to England and got a job working for Winston Churchill. And so she wrote a book, a memoir of her experiences called um, uh, Winston Churchill's Secretary. Yeah, it's a very fabulous read because it uh, talks a lot about what it was like when she started and how she was excluded from a lot of things because she was a woman. And then when she, um, five years later, by five years later, she was accepted at most of the meetings. I think we, we have a visitor. Here. We have a visitor right behind us. A deer. <laughs> we arranged for that. <laughs> we just put it through. So, uh, so, so tell us how people, uh, book tours, how they get in touch with you. So um, for all of our events, uh, they can go to ticketseller.ca and all our events are listed there and they can get their tickets there. And if they want to contact us directly, they can go to our website, mackiehouse.ca. Thank you so much uh, for having us here. It's just beautiful. I love it. I want to move in. You're welcome to come back anytime. <laughs> Bring your friends. <laughs> Next time on our Explore Vernon series, it's all about outdoors. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Let me tell you about my friend Alfred. Alfred has truly revolutionized dry cleaning in the GTA. You see, we're all busy. Some may even say too busy. And Alfred's laundry list of services are here to help. They include wash and fold, dry cleaning, alterations, as well as shoe cleaning and repairs. Alfred takes care of it all. Simply drop your garments off with your concierge or at any Penguin pickup location in the GTA, and Alfred will take care of the rest. Learn more today at alfredservice.com or through the free Alfred Service app. Sign up today and get a first-time discount by entering the promo code WHATSHESAID. Looking for a better brunch? We found it for you at Draco Restaurant, inside the spectacular brand new Toronto Marriott Markham on Enterprise Boulevard. All your delicious brunch favorites, plus signature cocktails, every Sunday from 10 till 2. Take our word for it, you'll love the space and you'll love the food. It's easy to reserve now on opentable.ca or call 905-489-1400. Elevate your brunch Sundays at Draco. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Now it's not uncommon to hear about Canadian entrepreneurs leaving secure full-time jobs to pursue their passions, but how many typically transition from one male-dominated <laughs> industry to another? Well, Marcella Gear made the leap from a career in finance 
to start up her passion project in food service, and she's here with us in studio now. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Now, Marcella, you had a 10-plus year career in finance at RBC, most recently as manager of international banking. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Before embarking on a new path in the food service industry as co-owner and director of operations of El Bosco, Toronto's new Latin-inspired catering service and food truck. Woohoo! Yeah. What made you want to start a new gig and this gig? Yes. Well, honestly, it's, it all started from when I was a child. Um, a seed was planted in my brain a few years ago. Uh, when I was 14, a few, few, few years ago, <laughs> just a couple, just a couple, it's okay. We're not telling. Yeah. <laughs> um, my mom opened up a restaurant back in London, Ontario, and um, we, um, we, it was a Latin restaurant. Um, every time I say the name of the restaurant, I still can't keep a straight face, but I'll say it. It's called Coco Loco. Coco Loco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the name came from um, a trip that we had um, a few years prior to opening the restaurant to an island, and the favorite drink of that island was um, Coco Loco. So we decided to keep the name um, uh, on the restaurant. So it just started there where, you know, we gather as a family and we work together. And I, and I love that idea of working together as a family and having the restaurant. Um, when I moved to Toronto, um, I met with my business partner, um, who became my best friend. His name is Ismael Castro. And um, he uh, he was an amazing cook, and we just... We truly loved um, doing things together, just hosting parties, just for fun. Nothing yeah. really serious. It was just really just to have people come together and have a good time. And he was a great cook, and I had an eye for detail. And I really loved to make things beautiful, presentable, and memorable. Um, so the, the time came where people would always like get excited to come to our parties or to come to an mm-hmm. event or a birthday that we were doing for, for a friend. And they just kept saying, you guys need to do something about this. This is amazing. You you work so well together. It's so much fun to be at your parties. Every time that we know that we go into your party, it's going to be a fun night or a fun day. And we always look forward to it. So what insights have you brought then from the world of finance into your new food service business? Because the business side I can see, but there may be more. Well, but what really... One of the things that I've learned from the finance world is um, building strong relationships and networking. Um, that is something that I learned at the banking world, and I bring that with me right now because that's one of the things that I think getting to know your customers, getting to know what they want and need, and um, and having that confidence and trust of them, them trusting you that you're going to do the right thing for them and have an amazing event for them, that's something that I keep with me. Also, obviously, the, the aspect of uh, money management, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a good plus to have. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, I, those are the main things that I actually feel like they're being good to bring on on board and that I can easily have been able to transfer them to my, my new career. What insights do you have, though, about these two industries, mm-hmm. which really are male-dominated, yeah. but you seem to have just soared right through? Yeah, well... Um, I never really honestly thought about it as one was a male-dominant industry and the other one was as well a male-dominant. I just felt like I love finance. Um, I have a bunch of commerce, and I love doing that. And I also loved 
uh, hosting and uh, catering and anything related to food. So I was only really truly just focused on what I was passionate about. So that's how I saw it. I saw it more as, you know, I enjoy and I love doing this. Um, and I just pursue that. Um, I'm more so than feeling that I was in a world surrounded more by men. However, yes, I have come through my struggles, and that obviously um, has happened a lot now in, in the food industry, where um, especially having a food truck, um, there's a lot of new things that I had to learn that I never really experienced before. Is there a lot of regulations that yes, you have to go through with a, a food lot. truck? Absolutely. There's a lot of... Um, it's kind of always been a dream, you know. Like, I'd love to like. See, I see people doing it, and I think, well, that would be great. But yeah. I, it also, realistically, I think it's a lot of hard work. It, it is red tape. A mm. lot of work. Um, getting the permit was very challenging. Um, it was, um, it, I must say, an, a, an incredible experience. Would I do it again? A hundred percent. Like I, I would do it again, just because it was. I've learned so much. Over okay, the so past then, few months. yep. In it, this, the, a recent study, this one's out of the U.S., but mm -hmm. it found that women are underrepresented at all levels yeah. in the food industry, mm -hmm. um, in particular at the top, with only twenty-three percent representation. So, what tips would you give to other female entrepreneurs who are looking to make any kind of career change but end up in the food industry? Yes, I w I truly believe. Um, during this process, I've, I felt that at some points that I was going to break apart, you know, that there was a moment that I just, can I, can I do this? And it felt so much easier just to give up. And I think that my, my strongest advice or my, yeah, my, what I would recommend or, or keep people, women in mind is that please do not give up. Just push forward. Um, don't take no for an answer. Just, just push as far as you can. Um, there's going to be moments that you're going to feel like you're going to fall apart, but just don't let that get to you. Um, we just keep pushing forward. But Marcella, is that something you would also give that advice to a man? Because it's a tough business you're in. Yeah. Well, my husband, he's also an entrepreneur, and I saw him struggle um, when he started his business. Um, and I think watching him also pushing forward and not giving up and he was so passionate about it it was a true inspiration for me as well so I think that yes it is something that I would tell men and women um, to keep pushing forward but if we look at careers or industries mm -hmm. in general mm -hmm. I mean 50 years ago there were dentistry was male dominated news was reporting was male dominated all kinds of yeah. things and now it shifted, and I think women just didn't want to be involved in food because they had to do it at home. <laughs> <laughs> True, do you know right? what I mean? Absolutely. So now, yeah, yeah. now yeah. if they decide to take that on, I think they're just going to rock. Yeah. You know what? Um, yes, there is definitely a lot of heavy lifting yeah. um, in this industry. Um, I feel it. Um, at the end of the day, I'm exhausted. Um, but I... Uh, I still truly love it, and I and I think that um, I look back and I say, do would I would I uh, go back to being in the banking world and just being comfortable with just you know having a secure career and knowing that I'll have a nice pension at the end of the day? Um, no, I would I would definitely do this all over again. Well, tell us a little bit more about El Bosco. Yeah. Um, you, you you have the food truck. Yeah. Where does it? pop up yeah do you have assigned placements so um because we just actually just got the food truck about a year and a half ago mm -hmm. and because we just recently got the truck um 
we are just for this summer we're just going to focus on festivals so we will be at various festivals throughout the summer okay um and we will also going to be at um in the financial district on a few Thursdays throughout the summer. Okay, and can you have the food truck come to your event? Yes, so that's the great <gasps> thing about the having the food truck is mm-hmm. that you can actually, instead of me going into your Catering, kitchen right. and getting your kitchen dirty and you know stepping in your kitchen, I would never have to go into your kitchen. I can do everything from the, the I think food it's truck. great. Oh. <laughs> Give us an idea of what what you serve so we focus on latin food mm-hmm. our focus is latin and a lot of our food is um we try to you know be health conscious i've always been um, very focused on really and being healthy <laughs> <laughs> but very tasty okay very tasty. Okay. okay so we do uh, like mexican colombian venezuelan um you know some of the examples are tacos arepas um, empanadas and um, we have a lot of vegan options as well tons of vegan options and um, gluten-free almost everything that we have is gluten-free um, so yeah so yummy and trendy yeah and healthy yeah, and tasty for sure it's everything Absolutely. so how do people connect with you yeah, so we have our website, elboscocatering.com. E-L-B-O-S-C-O. You got it. Catering.com. Catering, yes. Okay. And um, obviously, hopefully, uh, they can follow us on uh, on Instagram as well, Elbosco okay. Catering. Um, and um, we are on uh, Twitter as well, um, Pinterest and um, uh, Facebook. That's awesome, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just before lunch. I was uh, Marcella Gear, thank you very yeah, much. Thank you so uh, we'll much be for looking having up me. El Bosco. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This is great. Thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is lifestyle expert Lena Almeida, who is here to tell us what's new in family travel. Welcome, Lena. Well, thank you for having me. I have actually had a lot of people ask me about cruises, um, more so lately than all-inclusive resorts, but they're both very popular with families. Absolutely. And I think cruising represents, it's really attractive for families because you have everything you need right aboard the ship. Mm. Um, You know, you don't have to move. It's all there. But then you get to discover great itineraries and places. And especially if you're taking a cruise to the Caribbean, for example, you can hit multiple countries and Mm hotspots and still, you know, call that place like home. But I'm actually going away from the Caribbean this summer for family travel. And I want to put the spotlight on Alaskan cruises. Ah, that'd be Mm. fun. Have you ever been to Alaska? No. No, And I want to do the cruise, but I don't 
never knew. I know some people say like July, right, yes. right around now is the perfect time to go. It is. It is? Yeah. Because okay, the I'll weather... just stop there then. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the weather is perfect. When you're taking an Alaskan cruise, you do want to pack in layers because the mornings mm-hmm. and evenings can be cooler. But I'm most excited about the Norwegian Joy and its sister ship, the Norwegian Bliss, they have Alaskan itineraries this summer. And I was actually on the Norwegian Joy a couple of months ago for its inaugural year. You have such cruise. a rough life. Oh, you know, it's, it's exploring really... the ship was, was the fur- furthest thing from rough, I will tell you. It is majestic. And I can authentically say it's family friendly. I mean, first things foremost, it has a race course at sea. They've got a two-level racetrack, and the race cars can reach speeds of up to 48 kilometers an hour. So it's normal size cars? No, no, no. <laughs> like like a go-kart oh, okay. size. Okay. I should have specified because I just had the mental image that you just had. Thinking I'm saying the Grand Prix on the boat. <laughs> well, you know, I've been on cruise ships that have a lot, like from yes. full-on skating rinks, climbing walls i mean all kinds of things right going on, lots of activities so the so the norwegian joy has a race a go-kart racetrack yes it's two levels like i said absolutely thrilling and i mean when i think of cruise ships i think about the amazing food i think about the chocolate buffet yes yes <laughs> segueing into the food always and i think what makes me afraid to take one i think i would walk off and have to pay uh, you know, a surcharge for, for extra weight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I trust your willpower. I think you'd be fine. <laughs> oh, don't trust my willpower. <laughs> but Norwegian Cruise Line actually is known for their exceptional food, and the Norwegian Joy boasts 14 restaurants. Oh, is that so all? everyone in your family, dear. picky eaters included, will find something to enjoy. So the website is ncl.com. And I find Norwegian Cruise Line in particular is excellent for promos. So any day of the week, you can go on and find savings that will be tailored to your vacation and your family. Okay. Great. Now somewhere I have been yes. that's next on your list is the uh, Chateau Montebello. I'm so excited We're you've just... been there. I'm actually going for the first time in two weeks. Oh, you haven't so been there? I'm, no, I'm going to be picking till you your see the fireplace. Now. Oh my goodness, I yeah. cannot wait. I actually researched it online and mm-hmm. I was sold. And I went ahead and booked in. Um, we're going in the beginning of August. But I thought that if there's any listeners out there who are looking for a road trip this summer, mm-hmm. it's a great destination. It's just about six hours away. And it's the world's largest log cabin. Mm-hmm. Now, originally, it was a private club in 1930. But since then, actually in the last couple of years, they've gone through a $17.5 million renovation to really modernize the place. So the rooms and the amenities have been upgraded, but it's still kept that rustic charm that I'm sure you enjoyed and I can't wait to experience for myself. Mm-hmm. But Well, hopefully you're not there with about uh, two dozen politicians because there oh. was accord talk- talks going on okay, when, no. I was, when, <laughs> when I was there. I'll call ahead and yeah, make sure. Definitely call, <laughs> call ahead. Well, it's it has a reputation for just being secluded and beautiful, it's and gorgeous. so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. So Fairmont.com/slash/Montebello, if you're looking for a road trip this summer, check it out. What about yeah Bermuda for getting on a plane? You can be a world away in less than three hours with Bermuda, and Bermuda is definitely a hot spot for families this summer. I'm actually going to start with a promo because they've got a great savings offer going on right now. If you book four or five nights, you can get the fourth or fifth night for free at participating hotels. And the website is go to Bermuda.com. But why do we love Bermuda? Obviously, the famous pink sand beaches. Mm-hmm. I've been to Bermuda 
And I can tell you that there's no filter or Photoshop going on there. The beaches are stunning and there is pink sand, but there's lots to do for families. So um, a teachable moment or if you want to, you know, keep the kids in school over the summer with educational moments, you can go and look at look for shipwrecks. Um, explore caves. And if you venture out into the historic Old Town, you can also take in a little bit of the British colonial history. And I hear that they have the best fish sandwiches in the world in Bermuda. So Mm -hmm. definitely want to, um, to experience that and then wash it all down with a glass of their famous rum. Yes, I was just going to say. Yes. Bermuda and I have ever known I could see Christine nodding at me saying, get to the rum. When when is Alina going to mention the rum? Um, And and just before we go, you always call the Wyndham Grand Orlando your home away from home. Is that a great place to stay? We were at the Wyndham Grand last week. So (laughs) again, rough life. (laughs) And it was absolutely amazing. So located within the Walt Disney World gates, free shuttles to the parks. And they also recently underwent a renovation. So you definitely want to check them out. Okay. So where can people go to learn more? You can go to listentolena.com because I'll have information on all the destinations I mentioned today. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at whatshesaidtalk.com. When we think about finances, we usually think about budgeting, debt, and saving for retirement. But life insurance is usually not something that gets a lot of attention. Joining us now is personal finance expert Barry Choi to go over why life insurance should be something on your radar, on everybody's radar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Welcome, Barry. (laughs) Good to be here. (laughs) Why don't people talk about life insurance? Is it sort of like not talking about a will? It's boring. Right? Is it boring yeah, or is it just it, kind of they think, oh, if I talk about it, I'm, I'm going to die? Gonna die. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's, that's definitely part of it. It's, it's, uh, it's a scary thing to talk about, right? Especially, um, you know, when you think about it, when you're getting life insurance, you're probably dealing with your partner. And who really wants to talk about that? Or, or like you said, a lot of people push off getting a will, um, even though we all know it's an important thing to do. But it's, it's just a scary subject. And it's it's not something fun to talk about when you can talk about fun things like, you know, what are we going to eat this weekend or where are we going to go on vacation? Well, I find it confusing, frankly. <laughs> it, it's so confusing, right? Uh, but at the same time, it can be very easy to understand. You know, for people who are wondering what exactly is life insurance, mm-hmm. uh, it's exactly what it sounds. Uh, you you purchase a policy, and if something were to happen to you, uh, your beneficiaries would get a payout. And how much you get paid out depends on uh, what kind of policy you're, you're buying. Um, so it's very important, and people may say, you know what, I'm young. I don't need life insurance. You know, I'm not going to die for you know 40 50 years but we never know what's going to happen out there you, you know, could get run over by a bus well that's exactly exactly it and, and you know I, I like to tell people is you need life insurance if you've got dependents in your life so if you're married and you have a mortgage the last thing you want is for your spouse or your partner to be all of a sudden uh, trying to pay this mortgage on a single income while mm-hmm. dealing with grief uh, if you were to suddenly pass away same applies if you have children you know imagine trying to raise a family and people do it all the time but it's tough to raise a family to have a mortgage and have kids on a single income uh, and that's the purpose of life insurance to ha- kind of protect your loved ones in a worst case scenario so what kinds of life insurance are there? I mean, how, how do we yeah. break it down? When people are saying, okay, I should get insurance, what, mm-hmm. are, what are the options? So generally speaking, there's two types of options. There's term insurance, which basically is a term you buy for anywhere from 10 to 40 years. Um, and then you 
you basically choose how much you want to be insured for. You know, mm-hmm. it could be be up to a million. I'm sure you could get even more coverage. And as you can imagine, the more coverage you want, the more it's going to cost you. And obviously, things affect your premiums based on your age. Um, and there's also universal life, which is a little bit more complicated. But you know, there's tax incentives. There's kind of some financial planning tools aspect to it. Um, so you want to talk to your in- insurance consultant just to figure so out. So what's universal life? Yeah, universal life basically means that you have it forever. Right, so there's no term. Uh, you have it until you die. You pay more, uh, but there are additional benefits, and it depends on your situation. So, like I said, you want to talk to your insurance consultant so you really understand what you're getting and why it makes sense in your your situation to get it over term insurance instead. Is it expensive life insurance? Life, you know, funny thing is, life insurance is not expensive at all, and people don't realize this. You know. Uh, I checked RBC Insurance, and I did an online quote just for an average female, 35 years old, non-smoker, and they would only pay $18 a month, and that's for like $500,000 worth of insurance. Now, if you if that same female was 40 years old, she only paid $22 a month. So as you can imagine, if you were to purchase term insurance at a younger age, say in your early 20s, only when you need it. I wouldn't recommend it if you don't need it quite yet. Um, your premiums are just lower. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's that simple. So you, and you can lock it in if you've got that. Exactly. Term. That's the whole point of a term life. So if you're healthy in your 20s and you want to lock in 30, 40 years into your 60s, you're, you're set. You're going to pay the same amount. Um, and, and, you know, if you've got health concerns, you might have to pay a little bit more. Uh, but they can sometimes do medical tests. So just because, like, let's just mm-hmm. say you've, you've got a health condition, that doesn't mean you won't be insured. Yes, you might have to pay higher premiums, but it's still worth investigating to find out just in case. So there is a physical involved usually. Not always. And a physical sometimes, it, it really depends – Generally speaking, most times there isn't a physical, but if you've got a pre-existing condition, um, you know, I personally have hepatitis B, so they just wanted a blood test. And to me, that wasn't a problem. I totally understood why it was. Uh, But generally speaking, quite often you don't need a physical anymore. But I know that, for example, uh, smokers... Yes, exactly. Pay more. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're a smoker, you would definitely pay more. Uh, if you if you have a disease that um, or a health condition that it was inherited, then possibly you know you have to go through it. Um, so so that's the whole point of these questionnaires. That you fully disclose what you have, and you want to make sure you disclose this information because if you don't, uh-huh, you're can, you're you come back to it haunt could you. Could be exactly. invalidated yeah. later. Exactly, and people say, hey, it's okay. You know what? Always tell the truth, in my opinion. Well, my uh, my husband. Uh, has not renewed our insurance. I think mm. he likes to make sure that he's actually worth more alive than dead. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is, right? <laughs> so far. <laughs> or right now. Anyway, um, so it, it's easy to get, right? You can just go in. Yeah, it's, so, it's so easy. RBC has a simplified term life coverage up to $1 million, and it covers you, like, you can choose between 10 to 40 years. And what's nice about it is you can get an instant quote online, and if you decide to purchase it immediately, mm-hmm. all you have to do is really just fill out a 15-minute application. So Everything's done online. So like we said, if there's no weird things where you don't require a physical or blood test, uh, you can do everything online with RBC Insurance now, which is really convenient. When would you recommend that people buy it? Uh, you know, for me, like we were talking about earlier, if you've got a de- dependent. So definitely if you have a mortgage or you have kids, uh, that's when you really, really want to – well, you should have it. There's, there's no doubt about it. I always think of my mortgage as a dependent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, listen, so Barry just wrote a post um, about this on his blog, which is moneywehave.com. So you can find out more there. And you can also reach him on Twitter at Barry Choi if you have any questions. Thank you so much for coming in. Glad to be here. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. 
just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages. And they told me that variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that you could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique, affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to VistaOneInc.com, like I did. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Erica Nielsen, who is a Canadian cellist and writer based in Toronto. And she just released a memoir called Sound Mind, My Bipolar Journey from Chaos to Composure. (laughs) Welcome to what she said, Erica. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Now, this book takes us through your diagnosis of bipolar disorder and how you walked yourself to a place of stability and health. Uh, Now, you were diagnosed at age 27. Uh, about six and a half years ago. So tell us about that experience because I, I'm aware of many people who never walk themselves to a pl- are able to walk themselves to a place of health. Well, when um, in, during my teen years, um, I experienced um, tumultuous teen depressions, and I was, of course, told that was that's a part of growing up. Mm-hmm. This is a normal ups and downs. Teenage be, angst. Yes, something to be expected. You're being a drama queen, la da da. And um, um, and it followed me through my early twenties, and I and I had this sneaking suspicion there was something more going on. And it, at that point, I. Um, re- thought it would be a good idea to pursue psychotherapy um, just to um, uh, set out on a path of healthy adulthood. It just felt like a good thing to do. Before we go any further, can you just explain like what your symptoms were or how you felt? Because I mean, sure, I think all of us get depressed sometimes. So mm-hmm. what was it that made you think that there was something more than just the normal ups and downs of life? I, You know, my, my sense of self-worth and self-esteem was so unbelievably low. Um, and I hid it really well. It was all behind closed doors. Um, I experienced repeated suicidal thoughts, nightmares, thoughts of death. Very, very, very troubling. And it actually yielded in a couple of um, attempts. Um, but what I didn't um, uh, know, so that okay, so then flash forward ten years, psychotherapy. Um, what I did not understand and account for was the highs I experienced, and um, my sleep was erratic, and I was. Um, now, I thought this was just part of my personality. I'm a colorful, colorful person. I'm an artist. I'm a musician. Mm-hmm. And this is just part of who I was. Um, um, but I, what I understand now is what I was experiencing were symptoms of mania, which we don't understand quite as, as well. So on uh, 
um, just shortly after my wedding. I'm 27. I'm high on all the new possibilities of this this n- next chapter in my life. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to get to the bottom of that teen depression. I'm going to get myself checked out. I'm going to get um, uh, a diagnosis uh, by, by a professional. I'm going to talk to my doctor and get a psychiatric assessment. And what I was experiencing in that drive was actually a manic episode. And it was my mania, which led me to um, a, my diagnosis of bipolar disorder. It's my, kind of ironic, really, isn't, my, isn't it? <laughs> my illness had me discover my illness. Yeah, that's that, that, one that, of those. I'm just going to get this sorted exactly. now and then move yeah. on. Check off the box. Yeah, check off the yeah. box. Yeah, yeah. Yep. let's just take care of this. And uh, it was bigger than I could have ever imagined. How long did it take them to diagnose this? Um, well, um, I was uh, I, I went in for about a 45 minute long assessment, mm-hmm. and um, they spent two hours with me. And I thought, well, they're just being thorough. They have to account for how special I am. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, when I went for, then of course I went for my follow up, and they suspected, um, but they were about ninety five percent certain that what I what I had was bipolar disorder type one. So how did how did you how did that get cured, or how did that get managed? Well, um, uh, the psychiatrists I met with were actually really. They, they they put the power in my own hands. They said, this is what we think might be a match for you, but we want you to go do your own research and give this some careful thought and decide for yourself if you think this is a fit for you. They didn't, they didn't label me. They didn't tell me this is what you are. Um, they put it in my hands, and I, and I did that research. And um, uh, in some of my research, not just learning about the condition, but I stumbled across um, uh, books and memoirs written by others who had the disorder. And I was so comforted in reading those books. Um, and um, that's partly what inspired me to share my own story, because I knew how much I benefited from reading those those personal accounts. How I'm wondering how this um, affected your music, your playing, because you've you know you're a graduate of the Glenn Gould School and Queens, and you've performed with Kanye West, Johnny Reed, uh, you know, all kinds of things. Plus, you teach. You're passionate about your, your teaching. So before. Yes. When you didn't know, how was your music playing and and what changed? Oh, this is uh, such a great question. When I was living with undiagnosed bipolar disorder, um, you know, uh, um, I, of course, experienced, um, uh, you know, very deep depressions. Mm-hmm. And that's all I thought was going on. But I was, you know, flighty, less organized. Um, my sleep was erratic. I would um, jump from idea to idea. And I, again, that, I just thought that was a part of who I was. But something else, um, I uh, experienced um, very... Um, um, very severe um, performance anxiety, and I would sometimes black out when I was performing, and I just thought that I, there was something wrong with me, or this was part of being a musician. And um, when I treated my condition, when I treated my bipolar disorder, my performance anxiety is 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 down to only about ten percent. It's it improved significantly, and I'm more productive, more creative, more effective than I ever thought possible. My thoughts are organized. It was like somebody turned down the volume button on my mind, and um, I can just, I can float from task to task. I'm no longer sort of uh, running from from project to project. So 
how did you treat it? Medicine? Therapy? Well, um, upon um, uh, my follow-up appointment with my psychiatrist, and, and we talked about, we believe you have bipolar disorder, they were very, very gentle in suggesting really the first step of treatment in a condition of this severity is medication. And... Um, you know, there's stigma out there against mental illness. There's also a huge stigma towards taking medication. I think a lot of us, our initial reaction to taking a medication is no, it's unnatural. It means that I'm broken. And I carried that with me. Um, um, I didn't even want to take medication in my teens. And I thought that a psychiatric medication would flatten me. And so um, I think my exact words to the psychiatrist were, can't I just take more bubble baths and sniff? lavender. And of course, this was not. Mm-hmm. So it took a major depressive episode, actually, that followed my diagnosis. Um, um, I, I lost a family member. Um, I had a toddler half-brother. I lost a family member to cancer, and I was following into a very deep depression. And at that point, I, I realized, okay, if I'm going to save myself, I need to begin a regime of medication. And um, my medication is fabulous. It, <laughs> it, now, it took... It took years to find the right, what we call yeah. cocktail, okay? Right. So it takes a lot of perseverance, but it's good. So you decide to share uh, your experience. What do you hope people take away from your book? Well, I, I don't only um, talk about um, treating a condition with medication, um, but in the second half of Sound Mind, um, my book, so the first half tells my story, the second half outlines the steps I took that were effective for me um, towards uh, living a life of better mental health and better stability, and that means tackling my sleep schedule. I am the sleep queen. It's all about the sleep. I tackled my nutrition, exercise, um, um, I talk about finding the right psychotherapist, embracing um, groups and peer support. That was really big for me too. Um, I belong to a bipolar disorder meetup group, which um, is a is a wonderful support group. Um, that was really huge. Um, so I want readers to find hope inspiration. I want them to um, uh, feel like they can take actionable steps towards treating any mental health condition that they're experiencing. It's not just for people with bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, People experiencing any mental health um, condition um, can benefit from um, sound mind. Uh, So did you find the the coming out about it uh, freeing? Yes, I was terrified at first, as you can imagine, because you know it's admitting a disability. It's a, yeah. it's admitting what I thought was a flaw, and it's, um, uh, it's it's more freeing than I ever thought possible. Mm-hmm. I can just be myself, and really coming out is the word oh, for it. Awesome. Well, I hope anybody listening um, takes that away. Absolutely. Now, Sound Mind: My Bipolar Journey from Chaos to Composure. It's out now. Where can people get a copy? You can pick up a copy at your um, actually some local independent bookstores or. It. Um, also Indigo and Amazon.ca. And how can people connect with you online? They can connect with me at Cello Erica with a K on Instagram and Twitter or at Cello Erica with a K.com. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. 
Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique, affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to VistaOneInc.com, like I did. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. And joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is film critic Ann Brody. And it means no worries at the box office this weekend. The Lion King remake is out. Kuna Matata. It is photorealism. That's the best way I think it can be described. It's not real. It, they were calling it live action for a while, but it's not live action. It's really fine, fine technology. Um, and we all know the story. It's been told and retold mm-hmm. on in musicals, which is actually in town now. Uh, with, oh my God, Scar is one of the great villains in movie history, played by Jeremy Irons previously. This is David Oyelowo. Oh, he's so bad. He really gets into the character. So Simba, as you know, is mm-hmm. is uh, driven away from the kingdom when after Scar kills his father, the king. Mm-hmm. And awesome. so he has a, yeah. Uh, and they, they have adventures with uh, uh, Tymon and, and uh, Tymon. Timon. Timon. You're doing it too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of Tymon of Athens. But anyway, it, it isn't. It's Africa. Okay. Uh, yes. So, and then he comes back and he works his way into the future mm-hmm. in a way that is satisfying but very, very difficult. Now, I must say, for you very young children, it's rather violent. But, you know, it's a good experience. But how, did you prefer the animation or this one? I'm really quite on the fence with it. The animation has all the curly cues in the eyes, and it's extra mm-hmm. cute. But, you know, I don't know if that's needed. It just seems a little uh, fancy. Uh. <laughs> is it less a children's film, then? It's a children's film, but not young at okay. all. It's pretty horrifying in a couple of occasions. But, you know, it's a good film. I liked it. Now, I'm looking forward to the next one that you're going to talk about, which is The Farewell. Oh, God, that's good. It's one of the best films I've seen so far this year. Rapper Aquafina, who we saw. a lot. Yeah, in uh, the comedy Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Well, now she's playing in a heavy drama. And I thought, what? Aquafina? Oh, God, it just rips your heart out. And it's so authentic and so real. So what happens is um, she's a, she's living in Manhattan, and she returns to China with her parents. Her grandmother's dying. She has literally weeks to live. The whole family's gathering, but they lie to the grandmother, they say. It's a wedding, so they <laughs> stage a fake wedding. And, of course, her c- character, Billy, is totally against it, but she toes the line. And there's uh, plenty of humor, plenty of pathos. But this real deep interior stuff that's going on with her and with her family members, honestly, it is a 
an absolute gem. Watch for it at awards season. Well, anybody with the name Billy, right? Billy, Billy. Uh, your, your dog, your dog. Okay, uh, Jesse Eisenberg goes against type as a, as a nervous Nelly in the art of self defense. Well, you know, he's he, usually like crazy. Yeah, irritating. Yes, um, <laughs> well, nerdy. In this one, he's irritating here because he's a super nerd, um, and he's afraid of everything. And he gets mugged one night, mm-hmm. and he tur- his personality changes at that point, and he now starts to pick on the one creature that can't fight him back and that's his little doggy little wiener dog Mm. uh don't like that so he joins a dojo and learns martial arts and uh alessandro novolo he's hilarious as as a sensei he's really outsized and when i mean that i'm a capital o so (laughs) things happen that will blow your mind it's it's okay if you put someone in a judo lock and you break your arm off, you literally break their arm off. They'll just lie on the floor and be dealt with later. It's a crazy, surreal world. I can't tell if it's a little bit brilliant or whether it really stinks. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, I cannot tell. Uh, a cult classic, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about Push? That is shocking. <clears throat> it's a Toronto-based uh, UN reporter for Adequate Housing internationally. So she visits maybe 15 countries to see what the housing situation is. She sees the same thing in every single country. Poor neighborhoods are being uh, emptied of all the people, increasing homelessness, and the prices are going up, you know, hundreds of times more than, than wages in many places. Of course, Toronto's, yeah, yeah. But it's not gentrification alone. It's the government policy that allows these companies to come in and do these things, <clears throat> to take people's homes that they've had for 40, 50 more years, and uh, just saying, bye, you're out of here, um, with no alternative. It's really shocking. They cite Liberty Village in Toronto, but they also cite places in uh, Africa and Sweden and England. Um, it's a sad situation, and it's all about deregulation so that these companies can continue to do that. Okay, then what about absurd accident? You've described it as a nifty Chinese indie noir. It's very cool. Okay. It's really cool. It's it's literally stolen everything from Fargo, the TV series, <laughs> even the drum beats and some of the themes. So I don't know whether they paid for that right, but... It's about a husband and wife who run a diner, and uh, he's impotent. Uh, they're a young couple, and she he believes that she's been cheating on him, so he plans to murder her. But as it says in the film, you read the world wrong and feel you've been deceived. And, of course, he didn't. He read it wrong. So <laughs> things happen, shall we say. It's funny. All right. <laughs> Well, thank you, and We have to leave it there. <clears throat> but there are more movie and TV reviews up on whatshesaidtalk.com. That is it for the show today. What She Said will be back again next Saturday at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at whatshesaidtalk.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. 
Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.